if you know you want to work with energy versus you know trying to push a boulder up a hill where's some ease where's some grace where's pockets and windows of time where things fall into place effortlessly versus trying to force something in that everything seems to backfire and sabotage you Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Welcome to another week and another episode of the Big Kid Problems Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, here to bring you some entertainment to your quarantine. This week's episode is definitely an interesting one. My quarantine buddy and friend of the show, Paige Barasa, is back, and we're talking to world-famous astrologer to the stars, Angie Godfrey. Now, I've always loved horoscopes and astrology, and I know many of you might be skeptics out there. But Angie is going to teach us how we can use astrology in our everyday lives and in a number of ways. So the idea for this episode actually came a few weeks ago. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while or follow me on Instagram, you may know that I was supposed to be getting married this summer. I mean, I've done all the work, gotten this whole wedding planned, and then this pandemic hit and just flipped everything on its head. And I don't know if I have any other Corona brides out there, but it has been pretty stressful just trying to figure out what to do about the wedding. Like, do I keep the date? Do I move it? If I do move it, when do I move it to? I just felt really uncertain about everything and was looking for answers anywhere I could find them. And that's when I decided to consult an astrologer. And that's when I turned to Angie. Some of you might think I'm crazy, but it was actually really cool to hear her dissect why certain days would be better than others to get married. And I thought it would be interesting to have her on the show to explain some common occurrences like eclipses, full moons, and retrogrades to see how we can actually use these things in our own lives. We're also, of course, going to get into what's up with 2020 and why this year has been so nuts. We'll talk about what the planets have in store for us for the rest of the year and when we can expect things to chill out. This one gets a little wild, so I encourage you to expand your imagination on this one, get comfy, and we will be right back. Speaking of wedding stuff... Guys, I am probably the worst bride to be out there. I am 
really bad at planning things. I don't have like a vision or anything. And I originally tried to plan my whole wedding by myself, which was just a series of meltdowns. And that's why I'm so thankful that I found Flutter Social. Flutter Social is an online platform that will give you a personal virtual wedding planner, which is way more affordable than traditional wedding planning services. I mean, I was getting quotes for over $10,000 for a wedding planner, and my virtual planner is a fraction of the cost. And let me tell you, I am obsessed with my Flutter Social planner. Shout out Jessica. She does basically everything for me remotely, from finding me vendors to negotiating rates and working with within my budget, making sure I'm on track with my contracts and payments and just genuinely making the experience so much easier. If I had to postpone and replan my wedding by myself, guys, I don't know if I could have done it. (laughs) And so for any of you who may be in a similar boat or if you need an expert to help get you started, maybe just tie up some loose ends or plan the whole thing, there's a Flutter Social virtual planner that's right for you. If you want to try Flutter Social, guys, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have a 50% off discount code for you to try. 50%. Consider it a gift from the wedding gods. Just go to fluttersocial.com and use code SARAH50 at checkout. I'm going to link it in show notes too. But once again, that is fluttersocial.com and use code SARAH50 to get your virtual planner today. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm so excited today. We have a really fun episode. Um, Paige Barasa is back with us. Hey, She's welcome back after the last time. Yeah. Um, surprisingly. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and we're also joined by our guest this week, Angie Godfrey. She is a world renowned astrologer. Mm-hmm. Very excited to have you on. Welcome to the show, Angie. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you. And I actually, this is a really funny story. So I was spiraling a couple of weeks ago when it came down to postponing my wedding. I was looking for answers anywhere I could find them. Yeah. And I actually caught you on Paige. Paige had you on her Instagram live. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentioned how you have helped, you know, get her through lots of scenarios, how to plan things, big important things, um, big important things, little things, pretty much all sizes of things. <laughs> from like, you know, should I text this boy back to should I marry this boy? Should I freeze this egg or should I go with the fettuccine? <laughs> yeah. So you all helped that. her make all kinds of decisions. Um, and I, I had to talk to you. Paige, how did you originally find Angie? So I found Angie, and this is like kind of a funny story, but I was part of this online or not online. I was part of this community that was holding these conferences on this mountainside. Wow, that sounds like a cult. Anyway, I was there for business reasons and sure. I wanted... <laughs> it was a private community of wellness <laughs> wellness goers. So you were at a sex call. So and- I was marketing. Yeah, exactly. I was at a sex call and um, I was looking for a massage. Yeah, this does sound really weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was looking for a massage and I stumbled into their spa and they were like, we don't have any massages, but we have an astrologer. And I was like, well, I don't 
really need a astrologer. I need a massage. And they were like, well, she has a spot open. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have an astrology, not a massage. And I kind of stumbled in and was really like, what is this woman going to do for my traps? And instead she completely like within the space of 90 minutes, just looked at my life. Um, and you told me why I think certain things, why I act certain ways. And even down to like, I remember that session, the thing that really like the penny dropped for me and why I adopted you as my fairy godmother all those like eight years ago or whatever it was is I was dating a guy at the time and I was on the fence about him and she just like looked at our charts and she goes I don't even know if you know this right she's like do you like his smell and I was like what and I was like no I how did you even know that like I hate his smell like his people smell like literally makes my skin crawl and like, the bile turn in my stomach and she's like I know I can see it like you guys are not physically at all like supposed to be together from a chemical standpoint. Interesting. Yeah. And she's like, if, if his person smell grotesques you, like, how are you going to appreciate? And I was like, oh, you're right. I don't want you well, to not, anywhere near Can we me. add a little thing? Cause I can remember this conversation yeah. and I shared with you that there are a reason why siblings do not, are not attracted to each other. That exactly. there's a chemical, funky thing that happens that keeps us from mating with our siblings. And that if you mate with somebody who smells off to you, then your children will have birth defects. Very similar to if siblings or cousins, first cousins get married. And I had a very personal experience. And so I was like, you know, dodge a bullet. If they smell sour to you, if there's something about their body odor, that if you're thinking about being with them long-term and having children with them, you might want to reconsider that. Yeah, that is so is that interesting. Wild? That is wild. And not where I thought we were going to kick this interview no, off. No, right? No. But, um, but aside- that's what bonded us. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Okay. Paige learning about incest at a sex call But you know what I, what I think is interesting. And before anybody, I think anybody who might be interested in this interview, who might've just clicked on this podcast, I think uh, one of the big things is there's a lot of people who are skeptical about astrology and don't really understand like how you can tell all of these things through looking at the stars in the sky. So I was interested, Angie, why you think astrology is so important and how it can be useful to us. Well, I think the reason that astrology gets such a bad rap is because about 100 years ago, when they were writing books and they were trying to get it into the mainstream, they focused on one planet, the sun. Mm-hmm. And the sun being, you know, the end all be it all, that we are sun. If you were born during a certain 30 days, they went, this is easy. The sun moves every 30 days. People understand calendars. Let's just go with the sun. And so they took one planet of 10 and decided to put all of the energy behind that. But you are, um, this is the anomaly is that we are all 12 zodiac signs, we are all 10 planets. And so based on the day, the time, the place that you were born, whatever is sort of active in the sky, whatever planet is moving through whatever constellation, however many degrees, that creates a a Kodak moment, a snapshot. It creates a blueprint. It's like your owner's manual. It helps you understand where you've been, where you're going, and it's so complex. It's a language. So if you just focus on a simple thing like astrology and you read that in an article, it's like, oh, I'm just going to tune in every day. My daily horoscope, the sun is in this, if this is what's going to happen today, it's a joke. And that's why astrology became the thing where everybody was like, oh my gosh, you believe in that crap? 
I mean, they they think of you as being an idiot if you believe in astrology. But yeah, this is the language spoken for thousands and thousands of years. People watched the stars. Nomadic tribes knew when to move based on the alignment and the movement of the planets. And so for us to just count this, you know, thousands and thousands of year old science, we're foolish because it really is the language. It's a language. The planets, the signs, it's like code. And it's the code, it's the language of the Aquarian age. And so the more we understand it, we're able to navigate what's coming down the pike. So, no, it is profoundly insightful timing of events. It's crazy how accurate it is. And that's if you're going off your sense, I know. Yeah, but that's what's so cool when we actually, and we're going to get into this in the interview a little bit, is how we can, just like you mentioned, those nomadic tribes used this to kind of pinpoint when to make certain moves. Like we can Mm -hmm. actually use that in our lives. Like I contacted you originally to figure out when to move my wedding to, which is a silly, maybe a silly example, but there's a valid I those those choices and those decisions are the biggest decisions of our life and if you know you want to work with energy versus you know trying to push a boulder up a hill where's some ease where's some grace where's pockets and windows of time where things fall into place effortlessly versus trying to force something in that everything seems to backfire and sabotage you. So all we're looking for are little windows and there's not one specific date. It's not going to be like, if you do it on this date, all hell will break loose and be the worst thing ever. Your marriage won't last. It's nothing like that. It's just saying, can we just find some energy that is fluid and works with this, that's supportive of my individual chart? Then that's why we look. It's, it's not going to, you know, people don't, how many people look at an astrology chart versus those who don't and still get married? Things still happen, even yeah. without looking at it. Those who want to go a little bit deeper, then it's just fun. It's like, okay, so I'm not playing God here. I just want to see where the energy is. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like just kind of, if you're going with the flow of something like a wedding, you want to make sure all of the planets that are aligned in like joy and like union and harmony and like every schedules and all of those things are like flowing at the same time versus like the planet for like war and action and like all (laughs) these things, like that's that's a good time to sue your ex or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of like reinforcing what the planetary energies are doing. Right. Right. And what, you know, one size does not fit all. It's very distinctively different for each individual because everybody's chart is different. So certain planets will be more supportive than other planets. And so that's why it's 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 really not a one size fit all kind of like not everybody needs to get married on the day that you chose in order for them to it, it doesn't work like that. No, actually, yeah. nobody does. It's just your day. It's only your day. Well, there will be many people doing it, but there probably won't be that many who have looked at their chart to custom design the day that might be the best day for them. Right. There are, and I know when you and I talked and we were going through specific days and you were looking at my chart, there were some things though um, that are kind of universal that you're like, you want to stay away from. And I kind of wanted to go into some of those. Like I know we talked about Mercury retrograde and all of us hear Mercury retrograde all the time. Like there's so many memes about it. There's so many jokes on the internet. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that and why that might be universally something (laughs) to look at for? Absolutely. So. 
when we think about what Mercury represents, and Mercury represents all forms of communication, but it also all forms of travel. And so Mercury is considered the navigator. And so as a navigator or pilot or, you know, somebody, you know, driving the train or whatever you want to think about who is escorting us along. When a planet goes into retrograde, it goes into the unconscious realm. So, you know, if we use the, like Helen Keller, let's say that Helen Keller all of a sudden is now driving us. She can't (laughs) see, she can't hear. And so do we really want to put Helen Keller in charge of us making decisions or driving us someplace, getting us someplace? (laughs) So she's the one person like probably worse than me to jump in a car with. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 2020. Or, or think of like what retrograde represents is it's moving backwards. Think of somebody looking behind them, driving backwards. They don't have the full, (laughs) they can't see everything. There's blind spots, things get missed. And so typically that's why they say in a, in a Mercury retrograde cycle, do not sign on a contract. Do not make, make any choices or decisions. You've got blind spots. You are Helen Keller. You cannot see everything. So wait until everything has gone direct and then you have a better vista. You're able to see with clearer eyes. You get your eyeballs and your earballs. <laughs> you get them back. You get all you your get balls. Back. <laughs> right. So when you, I mean, we can use a lot of different analogies about why it's just wise. Well, all planets with the exception of the sun and the moon, and it doesn't happen every year because some planets like Mercury is the one that goes retrograde three times in a year, where most of the planets will choose just a certain time, like during the summer months, late May through early fall will they go retrograde venus is an 18 month cycle she's just getting ready to go retrograde so retrograde just by and large when planets and certain planets are in retrograde that is not the time to take action because there's you're going into the unconscious and you're going into exploration of the shadow self around whatever the planet represents Right. I was just going to, I was just going to like loop back and highlight to that. So it's like anytime a planet goes retrograde, you need to look at what that planet's responsible for and not push forward in that. And so like, please let me tell you, if Angie says Venus is going retrograde soon, get your nails done, get your hair did. Like Venus is in charge of like beauty and sensuality and aesthetics. So like if it goes retrograde, you know that there's going to be a line out the door of girls trying to cut their own bangs or like <sighs> try a new mohawk. And that's not the time because like the whole thing will right. go tits up. Right. Wait, when, when exactly does yeah. that go retrograde? <laughs> what if i now? I'm like, let me make sure to get my next Botox in before that <laughs> yeah. happens. Right. So it has a three phase retrograde cycle. So three weeks prior, it goes into what they call the sort of early shadow stage. And so I can act, I oddly enough was writing notes. I got it. I got the dates. Yes. Okay. Ladies, listen up. Mark this down. (laughs) Yes. So the first three week prior to started on April 9th to May 12th. Okay. So we're we're already, we're at 29. So we're, you know, we've got another 13 days before Venus will go retrograde. Now, Venus is in Gemini, but Gemini is about communication. But Gemini not only is about communication, it has a shadow side itself. And so the part of us that 
our self-talk, our self-love. Um, what do we say to ourselves that isn't true? What do we deny? So for three weeks prior in that pre-shadow state, you will start to have dreams. You will start to notice songs popping into your head or the kind of movies that you're watching that will begin to poke and trigger at the stuff that once it goes retrograde, that's where you begin to work it out. Think of like something all knotted up, like you have a big necklace chain. It has, it's all knotted and you have to sit there for hours trying to get it unknotted. An actual retrograde, when it is retrograde, that's when you go into the deep dive into now that you've got an idea of the first three weeks have clued you into some issues, then during the actual retrograde cycle, that's when you begin to work the kinks out of it. So that when you come out of it, now you have a new story to tell. You have a, you're redirected, you're reborn. You're now moving in a different way than you were before. So what you're doing is just so I'm understanding. So like what you're doing in the retrograde is like working out that shadow side you name it, there's endless things that could possibly begin to show up that during what's interesting and an interesting anomaly is that when it's actually in retrograde, because retrograde are the words of revisit, review, reassess, re everything to do with re. Well, past lovers tend to show up during that retrograde cycle because it's not necessarily that they're they think that they might be wanting to, it's like, oh. I, that was such a good, you know, the one that got away, I should try to come back in for that. That is so funny for this particular time. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. everybody's in quarantine right now mm-hmm. and they're going to get out and like start hitting right. all those old flames. That's really funny. Well, what usually you find that there are reasons why you let them go. And so it allows you to finally close the door. Cause sometimes we begin to, you know, within past relationships, we tend to remember the good and forget about why we mm-hmm. that's why people come back together to go oh well maybe we should give it another go very rarely do people ever stay together because you actually go oh now i remember now yeah. okay well if i ever had a thought or question about the one i thought got away um maybe i can give a percentage maybe five percent of people actually come out of that thinking yeah i really did let the that one get away and we're going to rekindle. So it allows you to gently close the door on any past relationships that you still might be thinking there's still some energy for. You said something really interesting to me too, at one point about like going back in relationships and you were like, you know, if you have been in a relationship to grow and evolve and like become a better part of yourself, then really like when you leave that relationship behind, you've like grown out of it. So to go back into it would be like recoiling and kind of trying to fit into something that that doesn't fit anymore. Right. And so I just remember that sticking with me. That that's that's essentially it. So in the same way that an eclipse that we talked about the idea of an eclipse is a reboot. And as soon as the settings are changed, you're, you've outgrown something, you, don't, you can't go backwards to it. You can't get the old settings back. And so when you try to go backwards, it's just, it's like a, it just you can't go. You can only move forward. You can't ever go backwards. And so a retrograde cycle is very similar to that same thing. You've outgrown it. Who you are now is not who you were. And so you just, you can only move forward. And unless they've grown too. Yeah. And 
And usually we feel like <laughs> Let me answer that for you. Uh, no. no. <laughs> um, wait, so you also just touched on too, you mentioned eclipses. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about some of the other um, things you can look out for that will affect all of us, maybe differently, but it will have an effect on us. And I remember specifically when you and I were looking at two different dates for the wedding, there was like one where there was a lunar eclipse and one date that was closer to a solar eclipse. Can you tell us a little bit about those and like... Yeah. So eclipses are designed to reboot systems and it's like a power surge. So if we know that one is coming up and they 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 cluster together, they come, solar and lunar eclipses come together in families and parent in groupings and they have a particular theme. And if it happens to be one that is, things have to be restructured in a way, all I can compare it to is the analogy of, have you ever been when you were little in a classroom and the teacher had to leave the room? And when the teacher left the room, all hell broke loose. And, you know, kids are jumping on tables and running around like chickens with their heads cut off and it's just complete chaos. I think that when my fiance leaves the room. Or town, or town. Yeah. <laughs> right, and, right. It's like you're free, and there's no <laughs> more. You know, the authority figure is no longer telling you how to do it or what to do, trying to contain you. So these eclipses say, "Okay, the teacher is back. Stuff has to be brought back into order. Chaos has to be. We have to come out of chaos and, and structure, and continuity has to be rebuilt. And so eclipses, if Things have been yucky for too long. Can feel like there's a stern, ah, yeah, yeah, yep. like yeah. stuff has to happen because people have been bad. All right. So this particular cycle of this year, the ones that we're going to be going through this year, and the so we have one coming up in in early summer, another one coming up in December, and then another one coming up to next year in June and July. Well, one of those is not so fun. And the other one is much nicer. Much, it's like, okay, we've come out of this period where a lot of people are going to be struggling because what they were accustomed to, what worked for them but didn't work for everybody else, they are having to, things are being balanced out. And so some people are like, well, that time. And other people are like, no, I, I don't want to do that. And so there's weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. And people are going crazy because it's crazy has been going on too long. So Ooh. the cycles are designed to awaken people. Hi, Stargazers. If you want to sleep better and more soundly through the night, let me tell you real quick about a little find called Manta Sleep Masks. I am actually low-key slash very high-key into sleep masks. I'm a very light sleeper and need total darkness to sleep. And somehow, even when I sleep with my sleep masks, like little cracks of sunlight can creep in around my nose and that shit drives me nuts. That's why I was so pumped to hear about Manta Sleep Masks, which are 100% blackout masks for better, deeper sleep. 
The trick is they have these adjustable, breathable cups that rest over your eyes. It kind of reminds me of like a bra for your face. Like the cups rest over your eyes. So you have zero pressure on your eyelids or lashes, which for any of my girls who get lash lifts or extensions, trust me, this is a game changer. Then the mask itself is soft, breathable, and adjustable, so you can personalize it to fit perfectly to your face. I just got the Manta Slim Mask and love it. They also have some fancy masks out there like the Aromatherapy Mask or the Weighted Eye Mask. They even have heated and cooling masks where you can warm up or cool down the adjustable eye patches, which can be super soothing to your eyes and sinuses. I mean, if that doesn't sound luxurious, I don't know what does. If you want to get a better night's sleep, I have a 10% off code just for our listeners to give them a try. Just go to montasleep.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. Again, that's montasleep, like M-A-N-T-A, sleep.com and use code BIGKID at checkout. Okay. And and before we even move on, because this is definitely something I wanted to talk to you about and something I think everybody listening is going to want to know is about this year because this year is obviously 2020 is wild. Um, and I feel like any skeptics out there would be like, how did the astrologers not see that this was coming? Like, did you see anything or like, what, like, what, what are we, what are we looking at? Are we getting giantly spanked? Yeah. This, this feels like a really big <laughs> like spanking. Yes. With a belt. yes. There are a lot of uh, if you look back even into 2017, yes, there were astrologers who were looking at, because that's what they do. They're, you know, they're, they're analysts. They, you can go back in time, you can go forward in time, you can go as far out as you want to go. And when you look at um, planets coming together and making alignments, and if it hasn't been done in 500 years, they know it's an auspicious time. And they look back in time at what was going on when those planets were a certain way. And because of that, and they saw the level of, of the way the world went through some level of, of extreme challenge, whether it was the, the Black Plague or, you know, whatever, something globally traumatic happened. And so when they looked in and they went, holy crap. We've got Pluto, we've got Saturn, we've got Mercury, we've got the Sun, we've got Jupiter, we've got everything coming together in Capricorn. And Capricorn has everything to do with structure and form. Pluto has everything to do with hidden, everything hidden, everything that stays in the shadows, everything where abuse of power. Um, Jupiter comes in and Jupiter is that planet that if it's good, it blows it up and it's really good. But if it's not good, it blows it up and it's really not good. So all those kind of locked arm in arm. And then we had an eclipse. It wasn't even a full blown, like a, when they call it a total eclipse that has the most impact and the most power. It was enough of a one that it was a domino effect. And so they saw it. They were like, okay, it's in an earth sign. So we know on some level it's going to affect both the physical body and it's also going to affect planetary changes. There's going to probably be some earthquakes. This is a jolt. This is a power surge. We've got Uranus up there in Taurus. So it's creating this, Uranus is like that wild card energy. It can blindside people. You can, you don't know necessarily tell you it happens, what exactly is going to happen. So. There's just a series of events 
that just haven't happened in over 500 years that all of a sudden they were like, how will that play out? I, they knew that the monetary system is going to be affected because Capricorn is also about regulating and, you know, financial institution and so, you know, any institution that is not moral, that is unethical, that is not playing by the rules. Pluto sitting here and it's like all the sneaky shady stuff going on. It, it was a big balloon ready to burst because even though everything was very saying, look at the market, it's doing so well, you know, the, the unemployment rate and just using all of these numbers, everybody knew it was just an illusion. Every 12 years since 2008, you go through a cycle where it, it's the bubble burst. Mm. So we know the bubble was going to burst in a huge way. So people can say that it wasn't predicted, but it was 100% predicted. It's just that nobody was listening. I'm interested because now we've talked about some of the things that like have happened over the last few months, but I'm interested looking into the future of 2020, like mm-hmm. what we can kind of expect because we've already had, you mentioned those eclipses. Right. Like, what, right. what's, what's in store we've, for us? We've just been spanked a lot. So like, what's so, I know. And this is the thing that is sometimes gets challenging because people are always wanting to be like, I just want it to go away. You know, like, please just give me hope and please tell me it's all going to be fine. Number one, it's all going to be fine. Okay. It's all going to be fine. This is by design on so many levels. It needed to happen. Things are out of balance. Things have to be brought back to balance. So if we can just trust that this is like a, a birthing process, this isn't going to be done overnight. When planets go retrograde, there is a false sense of, oh, cool. There's a reprieve. Everything's fine. Well, when they come out of retrograde, there's a vengeance because people became lazy again. If we are at all not taking self-responsibility for any area of our life that we are weak in, when those planets come out of retrograde, if we haven't done any of our personal work, then we're right back where we were. So I would love, love, love if you don't, oh my gosh, I am the, I love to be the person who has only good news and Paige will tell you, I can sugarcoat and make, spin anything into cotton candy because I love that. I want people to feel uplifted. So I never want to terrify anybody, but if things are going to be challenging, if things you have to shore yourself up, you have to buckle down, you have to tighten your belt, you have to do those things, you just have to. And weather the storm. Right now, we're literally in the eye of the storm. What, what happens when we come out of the eye of the storm? You think it's bad? Well, it make it worse. Okay? We move into the fall. There's going to be something happening in November that is going to polarize people. If you are on either side, and it doesn't matter which side you are on, as long as you are have chosen a side, you are going to suffer. Okay? And so I don't care which side you choose. The only way through this is to find your center. Hmm. You have to be able to figure out what that means for you. You cannot point the finger at the other and blame anybody for what is happening. It is somewhere in the middle is the truth. Are you hinting around the election? I know that's what I'm thinking of. Like November. I'm like, no, shit's going to hit the fan in November. Hmm, what's in November? (laughs) Now, because of the polarization, damned if, you know, whoever wins, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's going to be those who feel that something was rigged. Yeah. I mean, I can because of that, that level of crazy, 
that is going to be swarming, like I said, whether it's out on the streets or it's a virtual war, there's going to be spewing of hatred towards whoever because everybody sees the other as the enemy. So we're, what, what has been created for us, this beautiful um, opportunity for us to find our way, find, the only thing we can do is find our own center in that. Oh no. So I, I was going to ask, I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're, we're obviously in this and it, it's pretty uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Is there any signs um, that you're seeing uh, of when this will start to get better? By next late spring. So okay. when, the, when the eclipse, that is more about innovation and people coming to terms that they've had enough, that they are beginning to meet at the table to compromise, to find the middle ground until then no people are still going to be polarized that's right? just to kind of give people um something, something to, look to, forward to. <laughs> to make it so to. think of like another year of just noticing that we're in a birthing process it can be a little bumpy it can be a little painful if we resist if we don't want to grow don't want to evolve then it can feel very painful if you choose to evolve and take personal responsibility for looking at what's going on in your life, where you struggle, where you are angry, where you deny the fact that you have issues, then it's going to be painful. But if you use each planet in their retrograde cycle to go deeper into what it is that you are denying about yourself or you wish wasn't true, but is true, you're just in denial about and you work it through, you come out so powerful, so much happier, so much freer, and it's all about getting free. Right. Getting free. One thing I did, and I know we're running out of time, but I did want to tap on this because I know we talked about some of the things and some of the energy around, uh, you know, things like Mercury retrograde. And, um, I remember you, I've seen you talk about like full moons and how we can use full moons to kind of like flush out certain energies. And that's just one of those things that's easy for maybe people who are listening to this conversation or like full moon is easy to see in the sky. Tell us a little bit about like what we can do to maximize that opportunity. So just an understanding that new moons are a time to plant new intentions, new seeds. It's the perfect time to um, understand. If you understand what sign it's in, that, that area of energy, it goes in a cycle. It goes from spring, you know, to summer, to fall, to winter. And each of those have three different variations of that as it cycles through a new moon. Each of those are setting intention for that particular area of our life. That's detail. That takes a moment to go around. We don't want to go into that. A full moon is called the culmination. That's when you let go. You have done everything you can do from the new moon to when it comes into a full moon phase. Whatever work of inspiration you've been from your inner guidance system has told you to do, you've acted on that. By the time it hits the full moon, that's when you release and you let go and you let it go. You know, it's like you set it free and let it go where it may and let it like this for something better. It's like, I think that this is what I want, but I have to trust that there's something maybe even better that could come out of this. So I'm going to let it go and trust that whatever comes back in its own due time, divine right timing, it'll be perfect. And I'm not trying to um, force anything that isn't maybe in my highest good in this particular time. So the the phases of the moon are just a way of being in tune. So I was gonna, it's a simple practice. 
I was going to ask Paige, I feel like you do a really cool practice around the full moon. Like we were talking about it. You like write shit down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do a couple depending on. Tell us. I run the gamut um, from like, <laughs> you know, like the popular kind of crystal cleansing to like menstrual blood cleanse. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> podcast but no Ange knows this but I, I I've given her some of those thoughts so yes yeah. no yeah wait was it you that taught me that like about bleeding a dude out was it was that you or another witch well, not me okay. what? Not me. no it's not me <laughs> yeah no I'm okay, not, okay, okay. No, blood like, magic's pretty cool but there you go I'm not, See? I'm not dabbled in that one I am out of the closet now I'm out of the bed. okay I need to know what that is <laughs> okay 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 offline so, offline <laughs> <laughs> offline, offline. Uh, no, 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 no. Sarah's, Sarah's giving me the go ahead. So she's going to regret okay. later. But okay. um, basically like it was somewhere along my mystical, magical wizard travels that um, I was told or learned that like, if you're having sex with someone mm-hmm. and they're obviously like inside of your vagina, hopefully, or not hopefully, I mean, whatever, <laughs> wherever you're having sex with them. But if they're mm-hmm. inside of you and they're basically, you have that energetic connection and it's like flesh on flesh, you have a uterine lining that forms every month. It builds and that's what your period is. It's your uterine lining, like filling up with blood. And then your period is like it all sloughing off and releasing. And so when you've had sex with somebody, it's like their energy is in that kind of space in that lining. And so that even though they're not like in your uterus, but at the end of that month, if you want to release them, the menstrual blood that you're releasing is like attached to their sexual energy and their cords. So like you bleed the menstrual blood out and I've always used a cup. So this was never even weird to me, but I have the menstrual cup. So you bleed it into the cup and then you like, like plant it outside and you like release it. You know that, that is absolute truth. Yeah, see, I I get an okay. A in wizard school. Okay. I swear. Okay, okay, wait. We didn't even talk about this, and she's, she's I was giving gonna, me an A. I was gonna say, I was like, I was like, how can you if you bleed somebody out? I'm like, I've definitely had ex boyfriends that I did not get over in a month, but you have to actually take the blood. I had to dump it somewhere, and put it in the ground. Can you use, like, can you use a tampon? Yes. Oh, you can't plant a tampon. Can you, Ange? Um, any so it's it's part of your DNA. So I mean, like, if it's on a sheet, if it's on your panties, it's more the intention. There you go. It's like, yeah, it's like the intention, like that man's energy is on your uterine lining. And when you're bleeding it out, you're You're like fluffing it off. Yeah. You're telling the universe, like I am taking this physical part of me that is you, Kyle from the Hamptons. (laughs) 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 I'm bleeding it. No, never fucked a guy named Kyle from the Hamptons. But anyway, long story. Um, So like you bleed it and you put it in the earth and you release it. Okay. Okay. You let, you let mother transmute that. Okay. So you don't have to get that guy out of your vagina. Get him out of your vagina. Okay. And life. Interesting. Could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I do go on about the full moon stuff because I feel like people are going to be more apt to try, like, oh, right, right. Than, like, right. Some other right. Right. <laughs> 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 This is what happens when she gives me the green light. Yeah. So, so um, what uh, the other things you could do <laughs> is like some things I'll do is if I have created a project that month or I have like, you know, had some sort of affiliation with something or a new relationship, um, a business relationship, something, it's something that's not really working out. And you're kind of getting to that point with it where like, it's easiest to, I think, to explain it relationship wise when, you know, when you go on like a couple dates with somebody and then you're just not feeling it and you guys are kind of like, okay, cool. I'll see you next time. And you're kind of ghosting each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is a really good time to write 
you know, like, thank you so much for my interaction and my brief time and, and interaction with Kyle. Everything you learned. Yeah. Everything that you're grateful for. The fact that, you know, another soul, you had an opportunity to make a connection, even if it was brief and anything your takeaway was from. And so as you write that out, you just set them free for you. It's like a, just a way of, of expressing gratitude, whether it's not to them, but it's another way of transmuting the, the, whatever time you spent together. And it closes the loop. So like, I'll write it down. Like I'll write those things down. Like, thanks for Kyle. Thanks for like this, you know, marketing connection I got. Thanks for, you know, whatever it is that I kind of want to release. And then I'll write it down on a paper and like kind of put my mind on it, really see each of those things and put the energy in it. And then I'll either burn it or I'll rip it up. And I put it, I always put it in, this is weird. And I don't know why I do this, but I always put it in the windowsill so the moonlight can hit it. Mm -hmm. That sounds yeah. witchy as fuck. Oh, really? I mean, I know. we start with menstrual. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay. What if, what if you have like a, a rejection? I'm just thinking like work-wise, like let's say you have like a bad month work-wise, you get rejected from like a podcast network. Let's just say. Spitballing. Spitballing. So that, is that something you would journal out? It, Cause you want to let that yes. go. Like, how do you bring in good things? Is this not about bringing in good things or? Well, absolutely. Oh, the new moon is where we set intention for if if something didn't work out, right? So we want it was like, oh, I thought it was going to go this way. It didn't go this way. Now I'm having some residual hard feelings about whatever that was. It's, I'm taking it very personal. And so as you write that out, that's just you cleaning the energy so you're not carrying something in your baggage and projecting onto the next person that shows up with an opportunity, thinking that that's going to go the same way. Mm. So it's it, it, obviously. What we always have to, if we're in that state of trusting that the universe is our advocate, that it wants the best for us, when things do not work out, it doesn't matter if it's a relationship or a job opportunity or whatever it is, that there was obviously something about it that was not in your highest good. And so when you did, you may never know, you may never get validation for that, but there was something about it that was not in alignment for you. And mm-hmm. so we bless it. We're like, thank you for do- helping me dodge a bullet. I didn't know. I really thought that would be great. But obviously there was something there that wasn't in alignment with who, where I want to go, where I want to be. Maybe I was going to be used and taken back. I mean, we don't know. But if it doesn't work out, that's a blessing. That's a gift. And so if we can just be able to bless it and go, thank you. Thank you for, I don't know what, why, but this is something better. One door closes and another opens. Yeah. And I think too, like along with that kind of releasing and then like inviting in energy, like you only really have so much capacity. So the more that you are able to release with the full moon, the more you are able to kind of like forgive and close those doors, you're just giving the universe, you're giving God more space and more room to fill your heart and your life for what's truly intended for you. Cool. Okay. <laughs> do, we, do, do we want to be in complete control? We're really only in control twenty five percent of the time. I'm twenty five, like eight percent. I'm not twenty five. I know. I'm somebody who actually like is really bad at letting go of. Control. Yeah, like she is. I am. I, I like to have full control. So yeah. it's just a funny dynamic in my life. Right. Where I don't well, actually have any control. For somebody who loves, we people. think we do. Right. That's well, part of why we suffer is because we think we do. Yeah. But those planets, <laughs> you just have like five years of therapy. <laughs> you should ask for a refund from your Literally. therapy. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And that is why we struggle. 
penny drop, like <laughs> my head explode. Yeah. So we do. We have we have our idea of in a perfect world if nobody could tell us no. What would be our highest vision? And that constantly is growing and evolving and changing. And that's why we say, okay, so this or something better, because right now this is as big as I can dream. And so things they begin to come in and move out. They're always trying to realign that with your highest vision is. And so that's why you do have a say, you do have a sense of what is your desire, but how it comes to you, you don't get to control. Yeah, totally. And so the planets are all in a divine timing of all of that. And so, I mean, and the more you kind of relax, I found the more in my life anyway, the more I kind of relax my restrictions on like what I want and like what I should have, the, the bigger the blessings get, the bigger, you know, like I go in big swings where I'll be like, okay, cool. You don't want me to have any of this? Like, fine. And I'll, like Angie knows, I'll like huff and puff for like a couple of weeks and I'll be like, this is a man, and have like a tiny like tantrum. And then when I finally release it and I'm like, okay, then you show me. And I just go with the flow. That's when I get a big deal, a job offer, a mm. da 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 the guy walks in the door, like that, that kind of stuff is when I'm just right. like, oh, and then you take it. Yeah. But it, and it's okay to have a temper tantrum too. Oh, yeah. I, I, they, I, they, they laugh their ass off at us when we're like, it's all your fault. You never let me have nice things. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something about that that they find insanely delightful about us, about our humanness, because they're like, do you not know I'm trying and building a Taj Mahal and you're petty about Emily Fletcher is a guest I've had on this show before. And she, she put this in such a beautiful way that I will always remember because she made it so <laughs> simple. She basically said like her two-year-old son, like they were going to the park and her two-year-old son just runs up to the gate and can't get through the gate. And he's just sitting there screaming and crying because he sees the play place. He sees where he wants to go. And she's like trying to move him, bring him along to the door. She's like, let me bring you around. And he's just holding onto the gate, crying and screaming. And that's all of us when we're, we think we want something and the universe isn't delivering. The universe is like, come with me. I'm showing you a different way. Exactly. Easier way. <laughs> yeah. this, this will actually open. This, this part of the gate will open. There's yeah. a door here. Move over. Perfect analogy. I know. Well, I love ending on a positive note. Yeah. We talked about so much and it's all really positive. Thank you so much for being on. I know when I posted that I I had a reading with you, everybody was like reaching out to me, like how to get in touch with you. So where can people get more from you? And they can get their own personal reading and you'll look at their chart. So pimp pimp yourself out. Pimp myself out. Um the easiest way um is to just email me. So fun. So we'll link all your info in show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. I have had a blast. It's been an honor. Thank you for reaching out and and letting me um, share a few thoughts. Awesome. Thanks. All right. That is a wrap on our episode this week. I told you this was a wild one, guys. I want to give a big thank you to our guests, Angie Godfrey and Paige Barasa. I'm going to link all their stuff in show notes. And if you want to reach out to Angie to book your own reading, just shoot her an email. You can also do a couple's reading, which me and my fiance did. And it was actually a really fun little date night activity. So if you're still in lockdown, I highly suggest it. Just give it a whirl. As always, I want to give all of you a big thank you for tuning in and listening to this show. There are lots of podcasts out there and just know that I am so honored that you choose to spend your hour with me. Let's keep the good times going. Follow me on Instagram at Big Kid Problems or on my personal at Sarah A. Merrill underscore. 
I love connecting with you guys and hearing your thoughts on the show. Until next week, I hope you are all keeping sane and healthy in quarantine. If you get bored, I have lots of episodes you can catch up on. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday. 